Hi, Creative. It's Lauren here. I just want to remind you that if you love the podcast, the best way to support the show is by leaving it a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Actually, Spotify just started accepting ratings. So go ahead and rate it on there and tell all your friends to do it because it's super simple. It takes literally one second. I mean, maybe four seconds, but it's really quick. And uh, another great way to support the show is by sharing it with a friend or posting about it on social media. If you do post it on social media, tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. And remember to tag the guests too so they can also share. Okay, now let's get to the show. Could you use a coach to help you guide and refine your creative endeavors? We all could. Even coaches need coaches. Today, I'm going to be doing a live coaching session with one of our amazing creative community members, and you're getting a look inside. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and producer, singer-songwriter, and multi-passionate creative. And this show is meant to give you tools to claim your right to creativity, take fear out of the driver's seat, and love, trust, and know yourself enough to pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. And in addition to singing, producing, podcasting, and public speaking, I also do coaching. And today I had the honor of coaching one of our creative community members. Her name is Consi. She's an expressive mixed media artist, art journaler, art journaling teacher, and a creativity coach and teacher for artists. She runs her own business where she does all of this and more called Atop Serenity Hill. Consi is an incredibly talented artist and coach, but she wants to refine exactly what her niche is, what her brand and business is and how to articulate it, and to increase her coaching clients. So today I give her advice and coaching on how to do just that. From our chat, you'll learn how to take your hobbies and turn them into a business, the negative effects of fear and how to stop letting it affect your goals and creative output, how to zoom out and find your own definition of creativity, and ways to create and refine a personal brand. Now let's jump into it. Here's my coaching session with Consi. Thanks for being on an Unleash coaching session. Oh, it's totally awesome. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> Me too. Okay, so I like to take coaching from kind of a holistic perspective. You know how I approach creativity mm -hmm. where it's more like about learning to love, trust, and know yourself enough to pursue what's on your heart. So would you mind telling me a little bit about your creative origin story? Sure. Whatever that means That's to you. Wild. I was going to say, how far back do you want me to go? Because when I was a child. That would be the fine. One thing I, I know. Well, one thing I always share is that I do actually have like the first creative memory. Mm -hmm. And that is asking, I don't know how old I was, but definitely before the age of 10, because it happened in Barbados where I was born. So. Wow. I'm currently in the United States for those that, you know, would have no idea who I am, but it was me asking my parents to draw pages of hearts so I could color them in. Aww. Like that is my very first artistic memory. And it's interesting because you do a version of that today, right? Yeah, I guess I do. That's kind of funny. I would have to think about that. Well, <laughs> what yeah. you do, so explain what you do, because I was just exploring your Instagram page leading up to this. You're an incredibly talented artist. And so what is that thing that you're doing, the journaling that's also art? What is that? So art journaling, I guess the starting concept is making art in books. Like it can be a handmade book. It can be, you know, mixed media, pad of paper. It can be anything. And it's just about 
doing a couple of things, exploring supplies, trying new things. It can be exploring emotions. For me, it's about doing art that's not on things. I did that for such a long time and I sold at craft shows for like 13 years, you know, and it was always had to be functional or, mm. and then I had all this stuff and it was, I'm not a stuff person. I've moved quite a few times. And so now I'm like a non-stuff person. When I found art journaling, it was a way of still being creative without accumulating stuff because all you had to do was put art on a page and turn the page. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have to have canvases. I didn't have to have, you know, things like I used to paint on wine glasses and lazy Susans and tables and, you know, that kind of stuff. And this was a way to keep it contained and very not precious because mm. it's paper. It's just a paper. And a lot of the journals I work in now are handmade by myself. You know, my favorite journal to work in is made of cardboard and masking tape. And the cardboard is like boxes. And my very first one was the layers of cardboard between cat food tins. <laughs> you had a cat and I was like, this is lovely cardboard. So I saved it. For like a few months and then I made a journal out of it and I work in it so mm. okay I'm starting to get some of the picture so something I'm picking up on that with everything you're talking about is you really do approach creativity from a holistic perspective you're saying you don't want to accumulate stuff you don't want to make things as much you just want to express yourself in the most pure and almost minimalist form possible and so I think we're going to circle back to this when we get to the actual coaching part. But like, to me, that might be a key of your coaching. I don't know how you're currently coaching, but this idea of helping people unleash their inner creative to find joy and to do it in the mm -hmm. most pure form, like really nailing down. And this is interesting because I'm trying to right now nail down, okay, yeah, I love doing these things, but why? Like, what uh. am I actually getting out of it? Like, Outside of like wanting enoughness and acclaim and like to be important, you know, because those things are like ego based and aren't going to actually like last or bring me fulfillment. What am I getting out of just the pure creative act? And it seems like you have that piece figured out. And I think that that why is missing for so many people and the, and the how of getting that is also missing for so many people. I think a great thing you could do is teach people how to access creativity for the pure purpose of creativity and joy and self-expression. Does that resonate? It does. And that's actually where a lot of my classes and everything where I'm like form around is the concept of play and playfulness and fun and picking up pink for the sake of pink's sake. Yeah. You know, like who cares? There's no wrong answer. There's no mm -hmm. wrong supply and everything. And I think people's hardest thing is what you just said is the why. Like I had a client whose biggest thing was that it felt useless, hmm. you know, and we still haven't quite worked out because she had a lot of, there was a lot going on in her life and around it, but it was the, is it purposeful to make this mark on the page? And the answer is always yes, because why not? Like, what else do you have to do, you know, is just do it and see what comes up, like put down the pink and do you like it? Yay. Add more. Do you not like it? Okay. Put something on top of it. I guess to me, I have a hard time with the, I find it so basic 
And part of it is that my personality is a very quick decision-making personality, mm-hmm. like yes or no. And so I sometimes struggle with others, but why? <laughs> and it's funny because I'm a big why person. I will ask why, like, why don't you want to do pink? Why don't you want to just make a mark? Why, why, why? I have a hard time getting people to see the value in the process as the joy. Like the process can be the joy. Mm -hmm. And I think that our ego, like you're saying, can get in the way of, but am I making enough money? Will it look good on Instagram? You know, will I be able to show my family? Will it embarrass me? You know, should I be doing something else to save the world? And people get that big. Like, should I be spending my time doing something else. And I know that you share this because I've listened to enough of your podcast (laughs) is that the energy that we put into the world is going to save it. So if your energy with your art and your creativity is this positive thing, and it's just funneling into a book, it's still going to affect the world because it's putting that positivity and that generosity. It's bringing you to be more centered you know, because I'm very careful about the too much positivity, you know, like, hey, everything will be fabulous because, well, hello. But you can start to work on your own emotions and your own everything that if you just try to do it through your creativity, you sing and you write songs and, you know, that's how you pull your creativity out. So but writing a song to you, I have a feeling when it's bubbling up is like breathing. Mm-hmm. Like if I don't write it, I stop breathing yeah well I mean life is creation so like for someone to be like what's what's the point it's like well you know they used to consider it offensive to call yourself creative because God Mm -hmm. was considered the only one who could be creative and so to say that you were creative was saying I'm like God but now it's so common Mm -hmm. God's a creator right right but when we create I believe it is aligning with God or aligning with the divine Mm -hmm. and it's like it is life so to say like what's the point I get it because I'm a very one time I had an astrologer call me an ambition hoarder I understand that like you could be a driven person and you're like well if it's not producing something what's the point but the point is it's how we can access all of our aliveness and all of our like divineness and Mm -hmm. it's our birthright so I think there's some sort of key and it sounds like you're already doing it, but framing yourself as like the creativity coach for joy or the creativity coach to help people become more alive. I know it feels, at least to me, it feels a little wrong because you're like, but what's the how to? Like, how how do I like get people to see the value in this? But there is a value in that. And people have paid for a lot weirder things than that. (laughs) Oh, yes, they have. (laughs) That's so funny. So that feels like a, a key to me. Does that resonate? How does that feel? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. 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 So something I always ask people I work with is what is your greatest joy? It Like what has been your greatest joy in life and what has been your greatest pain? Because I feel that people's paths are usually somewhere between those two answers. Would you be open to speaking on that? Sure. I guess what has been my greatest joy? I don't know that I have an answer for that as in like, you know, something specific, but I can tell you that I've had the feeling of pure joy. When we first moved to South Carolina, it was six years ago and I came without a job 
you know, like I left because I was a very, I was created a creative in New Jersey. I had a lot of, I had a lot of jobs in New Jersey <laughs> before we left. But when I came here, I didn't have anything specific. And so I got to spend the first few months before I went looking for a job, just doing art mm. for no freaking reason other than to just do it. And it was so peaceful. And I always think back to that time of, you know, I was just reading my books because I'm a huge reader and I was doing art and I was maybe, you know, working on some classes and it just felt so pure, fun and just peaceful and joyful. So that would to me, like if you're going to say that would be, you know, I've come back to that over the last couple of years because of where I've gone, you know, like now I have a day job and we still need to eat and, you know, all those things. Eating is good. <laughs> so, yeah, eating is always good. We like it. We like uh -huh. to eat and we like our house and I would like never to, you know, have to sell another house. So maybe that would, you know what, that's kind of funny that, that I just said that because that would be my greatest pain. 2008 was the year that my husband and I had to make choices mm -hmm. as a lot of people did. And we chose to keep our credit rating and to keep our health insurance and we sold our house. And that was probably our biggest pain. Although, and a lot of things happened at that time. I like Lee found out he had MS at that time. Mm. He's, you know, like it was like, you got the world hit. just, oh my, it just imploded. And it wasn't just me. It was friends around me. Like it was, it was huge. But from that, we got here, you know, because I'm also a huge person that I don't believe very much in regret because if I regret something, it means that I regret that I'm here because, you know, like everything leads to here. So yeah. Or leads to where I am. Well, I'm very sorry you went through that. And I'm happy that you found some meaning in the suffering too, and that you were able to have that little peaceful period after all that, where you were able to just be an artist. And I mean, you're always an artist, but you know, I oh, know yeah. what you mean. It's like, I had, a similar period in 2018 where all I did was I worked my day job and then at night I made music. That's like one of my happiest times of my life. It was so mm -hmm. peaceful. I'd go on long walks and look at trees. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, it's so beautiful. And I think it's interesting, you know, the most joyful time was when you were just able to create. Mm -hmm. And the most painful time was when you were having that financial instability and a big pain point of many artists. And so another th thing that I can see you doing is helping people use their art to create financial stability. I mean, I think that there's a part of the business that can be just like people who are maybe like have a day job and don't know what their passion is and you're going to help them unleash and find what that is. But also mm -hmm. how beautiful would it be if this business could like be the stability for you and also you're teaching other people how to do it because here's the thing I think you've heard me talk about this on the podcast but I was complaining to not complaining but I was basically like down on myself to my therapist I was like I keep talking about unleashing your inner creative but like I feel like I'm not unleashed and like I'm such a hypocrite and she's like Lauren one of my best friends teaches organization and time management she's the least organized person I've ever met but she knows how to teach it because she struggles with it so much. And yeah. through teaching it, she's gotten more and more organized. But it's still one of her hardest things. Mm. And so that could be 
a way for you because you know both sides of it. I do. I mean, I think that the whole thing that happened in 2008 also forces me to struggle with the letting go of the day job Mm -hmm. because that's the stability. And I never like with that, I don't have to worry. Yeah. But it also doesn't allow me to take enough risks with the creativity and, you know, try crazy things and trust completely that I'll do it. And, you know, I've had someone say to me, like, do you trust the universe? I'm like, well, of course, look where I am. And they're like, but do you trust the universe going forward? Yeah. Because, you know, you trust it. You can look back and know that it took care of you and that. But do you trust it going forward? And I think that's my little bit of the shoe dropping, always waiting for the shoe dropping. But it also does help me talk to other people because I can see it's kind of, you know, it is the same thing like that your therapist friend. Yeah. I If you were to come to me and say, well, this is what I'm struggling with. I'd be like, okay, ready? A, B, C, D, and E. Yeah. Ready? Okay. But then I go do it for myself and I have a hard time, you know, but that's normal. That's so normal. We talked about it at the beginning before we started yeah. recording. Every coach needs a coach. I mean, right. we're, nobody should be out here white knuckling life. It's really, no. that's a dangerous place to live. So it makes sense. It's hard to see yourself objectively, mm-hmm. but I hear you. I also don't think you have to like totally throw away where you're at. Like you legitimately went through something extremely traumatizing, like Mm -hmm. having financial insecurity like that is traumatizing. And so you're not crazy. You're not like not trusting the universe. You're trying to take care of yourself and your family, like give yourself some grace for that. There's nothing wrong with it. And I I think you can let yourself off the hook for feeling that way. It's logical. Mm -hmm. The thing I would say to you maybe is, can you microdose courage a little bit right now? And like, would it be possible just to think about like, is there a way to do less for the day job? Could I take like part time? And I think you said you maybe work. I am part time already. Okay. Yeah. So I've been working on that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> could you maybe even go like fewer hours and then spend more time on coaching? Because I know you said a thing that's really important to you as well is having balance and having a real life which is important because if you don't have a real life good luck creating anything nothing to draw from so so I think maybe that could be a little intermediate step for you right now is like just starting to think truthfully this is something I'm going through right now as well like how could I make more space for my creativity without completely diving into the deep end like I'm so happy for people who can do that I think that's wonderful but I'm second generation Italian. I do have that fear of instability. I share that with you. And so the idea of like completely leaping, though I feel like it's very sexy and I feel drawn to it. I just don't feel comfortable. I don't. And I'm going to stop beating myself up for not being that person. Like I accept myself for who I am, but I also want to give myself an opportunity to just inch there a little bit more like quickly than I am right now. And I think, Mm -hmm. I wonder maybe if you could start just thinking if that could be possible. I think that's something that I'm trying to recognize for myself because the business is building so slowly. That's an okay thing too. And like do a little more planning. Like, I think I keep waiting for this massive the idea yeah you know like where is the idea the (laughs) the idea and instead of you know trying something like you know sitting down and I've done a couple group coaching programs and they were actually really well received not in a lot of people but like in the energy that that came 
and like building on that and doing another one and just, you know, just trying it and making it a little bit bigger, making it a little bit more expensive, making it a little bit longer, you know, just trying that and not trying to second guess it constantly. It's just so easy to say it. And then it's just as easy to just do it, which is hilarious because my thing is, why aren't you making that mark on your page? Mm, look I at know. you coaching yourself. I know. <laughs> yeah, well, self-coaching. Like, so does that sound exciting to you? Does doing a bigger group and like putting more energy into this idea of group coaching versus like doing one-on-one, does that sound exciting? Does that fill you more than the one-on-ones or do you want both equally? I think I would like both because I do like the energy of the one-on-one. It's nice to get to know someone in that level, which is really nice. But the thing about groups that most everybody, you know, if you've been in a group, even a group coaching or just a big group class where you talk a lot is that you hear things from other people that you can then feed on. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, like I might be the teacher but the students are also the teachers because they're bringing their own life experiences into the situation. So I like that dynamic where there's a lot of energy coming in. And so I like the idea of both. Yeah. I think a group program probably feeds me more than one-on-ones, Yeah. but I also know that some people don't thrive in a group. That's not their thing. So I have a few thoughts. Okay. I've been a part of a group before that had three different tiers to it. There was one tier where it was just people who were watching the group. So that was like really inexpensive. I think it was like $90 a month or something to like sit there and just like watch the actual class go down. But they weren't allowed to participate. So like they couldn't write in the chat. They couldn't be on video, but they were watching and learning. So that was like a good tier for some people who could only afford that. Then there was a middle group. Those people were allowed to be on camera, be participating, and that was more expensive. I don't remember what the price point was, to be honest, but it was like a more middle number. Mm -hmm. And then there was the highest level of group where it was somebody who you were on camera, you were sharing, you were participating, and you got – it was like – I think it was a six-month-long course. So it was like a pretty long course. But you got one coaching session per month. With the teacher, one oh, like a one on one, yeah, yeah, okay. and that was super smart. I learned a lot from that. I also really liked it because it was like I learned from the other people, like you said, and we were all able to like kindly critique each other. Yeah, and from that, I ended up working with that coach for like another six months, doing one on ones, like two a month, and then okay. the one on ones that you did in the course timeline, those were only I think they were thirty minutes, so they're. Mm-hmm significantly shorter but then I ended up buying 60 minute coaching sessions for like another six months so that might be a way for you to both do this group coaching and funnel into the one-on-one coaching oh that's actually great right wow that's fun and I think it's a good way to do it because I always worry with artists like I don't want to price anybody out where that's the hard thing about being an artist is like we know the plight of not having enough to do the things that you want to do. But then we're overly sympathetic and undervaluing what we're actually bringing to the table. Oh, yeah. But I hugely I think that this can tickle that part of you because you're like, wait, but I am giving something that's of service that's of a price point that almost anyone could afford. And I have this higher price point for people to really participate, really invest in themselves and work with me one-on-one. 
So actually, I like that. That makes sense. And that's also a way to bring in one-on-ones that they're still part of the program. Yes. Yeah. And then you can even tie those one-on-ones back in like the next week when you're yeah. doing these group coachings. Like, yeah. you remember we talked in our one-on-one about this, gets other people excited about it. Right. About talking about it. I like that idea from a business point of view, but then let's get down to brass tacks of like, what is the mission of this coaching of creativity in general that like could bring you to tears? Like, what is the why for you? Because you said part of what you want to do is kind of make that more like a tagline, right? Where you can say, Mm -hmm. I do this kind of coaching from this, you'll get blah, blah, blah. Right. So let's go through that a little bit. So what's my why? So that when we talk about creativity, for me, it's it does come down to art and art journaling and mixed right. media because that's what I teach. And it's the fact that I've watched myself and I've watched others let go a little bit about their lives and find something to do other than to fret and to be depressed and mm. to worry and, you know, and all those things happen. And I always encourage people to go to therapy. Come on. I'm in therapy. <laughs> You're in therapy. We're all in therapy. <laughs> so, you know, do that for the deep things. But you also, if you love to play with art supplies, then do it and let it be a fun thing. Let it be just, I keep coming back to fun and play because I don't think life is so freaking hard. Yeah. Like as a general rule that should it be there be something in it that's just for you that's just about play and when it comes to art art journaling can be it is play it is literally paint and paper when you come down to it or you know glue stick and a piece of paper whatever you know depends on your art supply yeah see this is why i have such a hard time articulating it other than it's fun and playful well but it also feeds like i can't not do it you know, like, that's a pretty good endorsement. But what I'm hearing you say is the type of coaching and teaching you do is to help people reconnect with their joy. Mm-hmm. Like something I've, which is why I guess I'm hearing it this way. I've realized recently, like, I don't have a very joyful life anymore. Like, I have some joy. Like, I laugh a lot. I love having fun with my boyfriend. Obviously, like making music is great, but like my day to day is so mundane. Like what if your your thing was, have you lost the magic of you? Have you lost Mm -hmm. the magic of your life? Have you misplaced your joy? Let me help you find it through art journaling and reconnecting to your inner child. Yeah, because that's what it comes down to a lot is pretend you're in kindergarten pretend you're six, what would you do? You wouldn't think about it. You wouldn't worry about what the paper looked like or if the supply was, you know, the right supply. You would just pick up the pencil that your mom left on the table and grab a piece of paper, probably something like a bill and, you know, and just scribble on it and just do it. And it would be just for nothing other than the pure fun of doing it. Right. You know, the thing with art journaling and, and what I teach with mixed media is that it can be brought into your day. So I know that, I mean, I don't know, like you work at a, your day job as a producer, I believe. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, there are times I'm sure that you're just sitting there listening to someone mm-hmm. and, you know, like you, you're listening for the next whatever, but like it can be sitting next to you. It can be a piece of paper that you're just making circles on. 
it could be that, you know, you found the most amazing sparkle pen ever. And you're just like, I'm just going to just make hearts while I listen to this person talk. And that's the way of bringing that fun and that joy into your mundane day-to-day world. You know, like, how can you just put it next to you? How can you just have a couple colored pencils that make marks? Yeah. Other than the fact that it's just fun. So something that came to me through that was it's like you're almost helping people figure out a way to do a visual meditation. Oh, kind of. Yeah. Because if you know, when you're doodling like that, it's kind of the same thing you get when you're driving and you have like a great Mm -hmm. idea come through or you're in the shower and like some like divine thing or you're, you know, like zoned out. And it's like a visual meditation and a way of easing anxiety, dropping into presence and reconnecting with joy. Yeah. A visual meditation. I love that. I mean, I I teach mandalas. I teach, you know, (laughs) meditative design. Is that what a mandala is? I've actually never known. A mandala is, yeah, it's a circle, you know, that's its general shape is usually circular and it's just made up of the same shapes over and over again. I'm sure there's someone listening that would do a way better job of describing the whole mandala thing. But to me, like this is where I'm like, I always come back to, I'm going to tell you what I think it is. Yes. And it's just, yeah, it's circles and a repetitive shape over and over again that you repeat around a circle and then you just do it again and again and again and again. And it doesn't have to be perfect. And no, you do not need a protractor. (laughs) It can be wonky and a little quirky and off center. And it just has to be. Mm. It just has to be. I love that because that the visual meditation makes a lot of sense because it is when I go to art journaling, I don't necessarily go with a purpose like, a you know, I had a hard day and I need to go work this out in my art journal. I actually, you know, grab a glass of wine and a book for that. But, you know, I go to it because I feel compelled to do something on a page. Like I want to play on the page. So I tend to come with it more at a joy angle than a lot of people who come to it with a, I'm mad, I'm angry, I'm sad. I need to work it out on this art journal. But as I work through the page, by the end of it, something has happened. And Nine times out of 10, I have to go looking for a word or a quote to capture that Mm -hmm. because I've worked through something. I just didn't know what it was until I was finished. What you're doing is it's a mixture of a few different things from my perspective. And I've never heard of anyone else who does this. Maybe they exist. But to me, you are number one original. Um, (laughs) There's plenty of us. But yes. So you're really, I know I've used this word a couple of times, but really approaching this from a holistic point of view. And to me, you're doing art therapy. It's like art therapy, visual meditation, reconnecting to the joy, reconnecting to the inner child. You're helping people connect to themselves and who they are through art. Yeah. Except you have to be careful about the art therapy because that's a degree. Okay. Well, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know... (laughs) I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. I hear you. If anyone wants to come for me for saying that, fine. I don't care. No. Okay. <laughs> but when you do a coaching session with someone, like, are they all artists? Like, what are people typically coming to you for coaching on? Like, are they coming with a problem and then you tell them, try journaling? How does this work? Most of the people that come to me already come with some kind of 
they're definitely artists. They're always some kind of artists. Visual? Um, all, all, all yes. Okay. Yes. All pretty much all of them. Yeah. Because that's what I do. I teach art. So they right. come to me through that program. And a lot of them already come as art journalers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, or they've lost it. They've lost their creativity. They've lost their mojo. Some people are just too wrapped up in the outcome of it. And so we work through that. You know, some people come to me basically because they're like, can you just play with supplies with me? I'm unsure of how to use these supplies. Can we just play together? So people come from different perspectives, but I would say 90% of them are just looking for someone to guide them back into whatever it is that they want to find. You know, whether it's we just do an art journal page together or we talk through something they've done before. I had one of my clients, one of my favorite clients got very wrapped up in the, I own pastels, so I must use them. And I own these paint, so I must use them. And I'm like, do you like them? No. Then why do you need to use them? What do you love? And, you know, so we went through the, what do I love? I love doing this. I love doing that. Okay. So let's try that. And she was coming from the perspective of, I should, I should be doing this. I, a real artist does this. A real Mm. artist does that. And so we had to work through the, but what do you want to do? I don't care. Are you planning to sell this stuff? No. Okay. So it's just for you. It's, it doesn't matter. So, and we worked through, I mean, got to the point where she was like, I'm good. And I was like, yay. So it was very successful. But, you know, in the process of that, we also purged her art supplies Mm. because she was holding on to all these artistic tools that the world said she should have. She should have this. I took a class. They said this. I took a class. They said I should have this. And yet she hated them. Yeah. But what, again, what brought her joy? Yeah. She loved using these specific things on this surface. So do that. So I think part of the creativity coach and maybe why you're getting hung up is like, I don't know if that's actually specific enough for what you're doing. Yep. I I hear you as being an artistic coach or a coach for artists that helps people like visually gifted people reconnect to joy, their inner child and finding their why. Okay. That sounds good. So people come to you when they're feeling blocked, when they don't know which way to go, when they've lost their joy, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, and you're saying you only coach and you only want to coach visual artists? Not necessarily, but that's what come to me because of what I do. Yeah. I think you should start there and then expand. Like every good business, you've heard me talk about this on the podcast, but like every good business starts specific and then expands. You know visual art, so that makes sense that you're starting there. Then you can grow. (laughs) So I hear you as an artistic coach or a coach for artists who have lost their connection to joy. So you're helping artists reconnect to their joy, find their why, and release creative blocks. Okay. Yeah. It sounds succinct, I guess. is <laughs> It's a good way of writing it down. Yeah. So you're not using the word creativity. I mean, you could. I did say creative blocks. I said release yeah. creative blocks. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I mean, you could add that in there. I'm just trying to get more specific to what I've heard you say over and over and over again, which is okay. you're helping people reconnect to joy through joy. art. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much what I'm doing. Yeah. Which is a very important thing. Yeah. <laughs> because I think something that happens to a lot of us, like when we've been pursuing it, or even if we've taken a different path and we've gone away from art, 
is we're like, well, what's the point? Like you said, a lot of people come yeah. in. What's the point even? Like, you know, this hasn't gone anywhere. I don't even remember why I liked it in the first place. You can help people remember the point. Correct. Yeah. Like, why did you like doing it? What did you like doing? Mm-hmm. And just pull from there. Yeah. Yes. Visual artists is what I do. I also want people to see that it can go past that. And I say that, but then I still end up, you know, one of my clients like wanted to do art, but she just felt blocked by it. So I'm like, what do you like to do? I like to cook. And so I was like, well, cook a meal that's visually pretty. Mm. That's beautiful. Take a photo of it. And then we're going to paint it. (laughs) And so I kept bringing it, you know, I'm like, so you start with the one thing you want to be, you want to do art and you can't get yourself there. So start here, you know, start where you love, which is cooking and then bring the cooking, which is also a creative aspect. I mean, cooking is so creative. Oh yeah. So I'm like, that's your creativity there. You just want somehow to do it on the page. So how can you tie your cooking to your art journal? And that's how you can tie them together. That's brilliant. But I think that's where I'm using that word holistic again. You really take a 360 viewpoint on artistry and creativity. You're not just looking at it in a silo and saying, oh, why can't you make something? You know, it's like, what do you feel like you can do right now? How can we microdose creativity for you so you can bring it over into the area that you're really most passionate about, but feel a little blocked in right now? So I love that you do that for people, which is helping them get unblocked. Comes down to your your core tenets. And I think it could be for people who aren't artists too. It's just like, I don't know if that's something you're wanting advice in. I'm always trying to think of it from like, okay, what is the sole reason? What is the practical reason? And what's like the monetary way we can get this rolling? So I think from a marketing perspective, like it's going to be easier for you if you can specify that or people who just want to be more creative. You can also throw that in there because I feel like you could really help somebody who Let's say they work in finance and they're like, I remember liking painting or singing when I was Mm -hmm. little. How can I start to bring that into my life? I can see you being a great gateway to them reconnecting to their younger self. Yeah. I think because of the way my world is and how I market myself within classes and collaborations and people see me like I'm an artist, so I come to you. I don't think you have to be an artist. I agree. Like what you want to learn is how to be creative with art. Right. As a fun thing, not as a, I'm going to go, you know, be a painter. Then I will find you that person that, you know, the studio, you know, if you want to go and make it a business, but yes, it doesn't matter to me what you do, which is very funny that you said finance because the one that cooked is a a, a finance person. (laughs) I was thinking of my dad, who's a financial planner and he, You know, my dad, I think if he had had the opportunity, would have been an actor or something like that. He's very charismatic and like just great with people. And I don't know. I I think if he had had the world open to him, he would have maybe Mm -hmm. made different choices. He's a really good drummer, too. When I was little, my dad would always like bang on his steering wheel and we were driving. I'm like, Dad, stop it. But now I see he was like, he's a drummer. He was just trying to express himself. He was trying to bring his creativity into his driving. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like, you know, a lot of people in finance have this part of themselves kind of trapped. I mean, that could also be a really cool thing for you to do is to do corporate workshops. I've thought about that. I just haven't. I mean, yeah, because I'm like the most stressed people we know 
work in corporate America. <laughs> like teach them how to doodle when they're in the middle of a huge negotiation. Yeah. You know, I honestly, I, I could see that being huge for you. I have thought about it many times because I'm surrounded where I live here in South Carolina. I'm surrounded by huge corporations, huge yeah. corporations. You know, it's funny. It's one of those thoughts that fleets like goes through my head. And then I'm like, how do you even start that? Maybe just put something together, like based on your work with that financial woman, you can use that as your little case study. Yeah. And I know you said you're a bookkeeper too. So like you have it <laughs> in, right? Like maybe it's not exactly what they do, but you know that world, you've been there yeah. and you you can see the pain points of it and yeah. how this could help. There's also someone I had on the podcast this week, I guess the study hasn't come out yet, but they did this study and basically found out that when you incorporate creativity into your workday, you're way more productive, not less productive. So let's say you take mm -hmm. an, a 30 minute or hour long break to draw. You come back so much better than if you just been like, I'm going to stay in the numbers all day and work on spreadsheets. Yeah. Accessing the creative part of your brain brings so much more energy into like the brass tacks work you're doing. So I think you can also take studies like that and frame it from that perspective. Like, hey, is morale down? Are people like not as effective or as efficient? great. Let me come in and do an hour long class in the middle of the day, because mm -hmm. after that, they're going to be better and teach people like how to express themselves creatively so that they don't get blocked in their actual work. Yeah. I think I, I did. I, there was the one that you just released. Yeah. Yeah. That I heard that. And yeah, I, it's true. It helps me at work. So, right. <laughs> you know, in my bookkeeper spreadsheet world, which is, still blows my mind that I ended up as a bookkeeper. I understand. Sometimes when I'm doing tech stuff at work, I'm like, I'm the one in charge of this. Is everybody yeah. sure? Are we okay? Yeah. <laughs> do you guys know I'm who like, I am? Sure. Do you, do you want me to do your books? But then again, it's like, you know, I can see someone's books and see all the problems. I just can't see my own problems with my own books. Our problems are the hardest to see. They're also the most painful to see. Yes. Well, that too. Wait. <laughs> That mirror, it's very bright. I was going to say one other thing. This is a more businessy idea, but a lot of people do these free workshops. I'm sure you've seen them. Like, we're going to do a free teleseminar and it's an hour long and it's supposed to be a funnel to something. Mm -hmm. So, like, you can funnel it to a class. You can say, okay, anyone who saw this workshop, if you stayed till the end, you're going to get 25% off an individual session with me. It expires in a week email me, blah, blah, blah. This is the code, whatever. You, you've seen these. I mean, you can yeah. do a couple and see if it resonates at all. But that's another way is you can do like a 30 minute to an hour long free workshop and then funnel it into your class if you end up doing right. that or individual coaching sessions. I would like to think more about the corporate part because I, I am so surrounded by it that I could do it in person. Like it's, yeah. it's so here. It's insane. But I just haven't given it enough thought, but I'm glad. Thank you for bringing that back to my brain. Yeah. Because, you know, if I was going to build a group program, it wouldn't be that difficult to build an hour class that I could market. I was going to say pedal, you know, that I can pedal, <laughs> pedal to it. people. Pedal oh, I'm going to pedal it, man. So yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, to market around, because I do have some friends in the corporate world. I mean, I work for a very small bookkeeper, but it's not that I don't have access and I just thought people. of another thing too. Okay. These are, I'm throwing a lot of ideas at you. So oh, it's just okay. pick one and, and focus on it. Don't feel like you need to do all these things, but I'm not a drawer. I would love to be like, that would be such a fun thing. Also, I'm like super interested if you do a class. So keep me updated, but 
it would be really cool to see you do a coloring book for adults. Mm. I don't draw like that because I'm very, I'm way more abstract than that. Your drawings and what I, I thought they were paintings. I don't know what they are, but they're, uh, they're it depends like. depends what you were looking at. Well, I was looking at your Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Let some me are drawing. I mean, some is a drawing, some is collage, some is stenciling. It's, I use everything that I can possibly imagine. So that's funny to do a coloring book. I would have to think about that. Well, you could literally just take the things you've drawn and then replicate take them. the color out. I know. Yeah. I'm going to do a screen share. So like this, I mean, that could oh, yeah. be a page, you know, that's a mandala, by the way. Yes. You could take the color out of this and then people can color into it, you know, like, yeah, that could be a really cool thing for people like me who maybe don't feel like we know where to start, but it gives mm -hmm. me something to do while I'm in the meeting or in the middle of the day or to like, if I don't want to be on my phone and doing something right. just to calm down and color it in. And that could be something you publish and, you know, have yeah. people pay mm -hmm. for or doing a couple pages of that could be a cool offering to like get people on an email list or to right. get somebody to like stick around to the end of your free class to yeah. then funnel into something else. This could just be an idea for the future and also just mm -hmm. to help people unleash this part of themselves. I know. I do like that. And you're coming from it from a perspective, which is very funny that I can't draw, which I will call BS on because what people think of as drawing is very I cannot realistic realistically draw. Ah. But you could draw that mandala yourself because it is just a line that you repeat over and over again. So you could draw that yourself. And to me, that's even more satisfying than coloring them in is to sit there and actually draw it yourself and realize that that is drawing. Mm. I always thought that too. I'm like, I can't draw. And what I was saying was, I cannot draw you, Lauren, to look like you, Lauren, and I cannot draw, you know, a dog to look like this dog. But if you asked me to draw like, you know, the microphone in your hand, well, yeah, of course I can draw that. It's just, you know, a ball with a long, you know, cone shape in the end of it and you break it down into stuff. So everybody can draw. It's just taking out what drawing means. Ooh. Yeah, you have to just break it down into what that means and teach a course about that baby girl that <laughs> that's deep that's deep I love that I love okay. that and I think that that's such a freeing thing that people need to hear it's like we think that we're not creative because we're living in somebody else's definition of what creativity is right. but what you really need to do is zoom out and change your definition like if you draw a circle over and over again you're still drawing. It may not be, like you said, a super realistic thing, right? but you are different. drawing. And I love that. And I think that that should be a principle of your brand and what you bring to the table as a coach and a teacher and an artist. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's good. I mean, sometimes you do need to hear yourself talk out loud, don't you? Yeah. It's important. <laughs> yeah. That's why when yeah. I listen back to old episodes, I'm like, I said that, that was good. Why don't I live like that? <laughs> Let me write that down on a card. I know. Yeah, I had somebody tweet out something I said once. I was like, when did I say that? <laughs> Got to pay more attention genius. to this mouth of you mine. Do. Yeah. Two of my least favorite things you could ever say to me, because I will just come back sarcastic as hell, is I cannot draw a straight line. That's fantastic. Do you know what happened? Somebody invented a ruler. Use it. 
Like, what? What do you mean you can't draw a straight line? That's why we have rulers. And the other is I cannot draw a stick figure. Really? Because it's a circle and five lines or six lines. Yes, you can draw a stick figure. But that's what people are like. I cannot do that basic of a thing. If you can write your name, you can draw. Because your name is an artistic statement about yourself. Your signature is a mark. It's just a mark. So your handwriting is art. Yeah. Because it's yours and it's your it's your statement. Every time, you know, no two people are ever the same because their handwriting is different. You know, mm-hmm. it's just pick up a pencil and make a mark and you have created art. I mean, have you seen some abstract pieces yes. where they're a dot on a canvas? And yes, I know that there's a whole world of abstract and there's a whole thing around it. But let's be honest about the fact that you and me are not looking to do that. We're not looking to make a giant statement about a circle on a canvas. We just want to do something with our hands and make our self happy. And so we pick up a pencil and we make a circle on a page and then we make another one and we chain them together. And oh, all of a sudden we can add petals and then you have a flower and then you have a daisy chain. And then you maybe you could pick up a colored pencil and color it in and then you're done. Yeah. That's such an empowering message for someone to hear, though. I mean, so many people are sitting there thinking that they can't be creative because they have such a limited scope of what, quote unquote, true creativity is. And the other thing I think that's important, which you don't even use this terminology, but I think it's something that you can coach people on is sometimes when you start doing something in the realm of creativity, your taste is above your skill set. But that doesn't oh, mean you're not doing it. Right. And also there's value in that mess. I call it the art of being bad at something. You know, it's like we grow up, we're highly skilled at the things that we do well. So when we try something that's new to us or that we're bringing back into our lives after being away from it for a long time, we're going to be bad. We have to commit to the art of being bad at something so that eventually we can get better and then good and then great and then the most awesome in the world. <laughs> Because guess what it takes? Practice. Yeah. And you're going to suck through that. Like, I just started producing music. I'm bad. Like, I don't know how to do it. I posted something today. I'm sure all of my producer friends were like, oh, God, Lauren. Like, I'm sure it was embarrassing, but I was so excited about it because I did it. And Mm -hmm. I want to learn how to do this. And I want to be more empowered in this way. And I want to be able to put out Like if I have an idea for a song, record it and then release it myself and not have to rely constantly monetarily on another person, like not monetarily on them, but like paying them. Yeah. I don't want to have to like go drive two hours to someone's studio. Like I want to be able to do that myself. So guess what? I have to commit to being bad for a while and that's okay. And I think that's such an important thing that you're teaching people that like just start, just start, do it. Just because you're not where you think you should be doesn't mean you're not doing it. No, it doesn't. The other day, um, I pulled a tarot card. We love to I know see you it. Also love. I know. Love it. So I pulled a tarot card and it was in reference to me and am I doing enough for my own creativity? And the tarot card depicts a piano that's a, like a tree that's also a piano. And there's this person playing the piano. And what I got from it was even the best pianist in the world have to practice. They don't like do this concert and then they're like, I'm just going to wait for the next one. I'm going to go out and have a good time. They spend hours between Mm -hmm. practicing. I mean, you know, all of our crazy sports people that we all, you know, love, 
practice between games and in order to keep getting better and to keep refining their skills. So why is it that when we start something and we make a mark and it's like hideous, we're like, and I'm done. I'm terrible. Like practice it a hundred times, then get back to me. And then maybe we're looking at the wrong practice, you know, but like, that's where the coach part to me, I'm like, famous people have coaches who tell them that they have to continually practice their art. Why is it you will not practice your art? You're going to pick it up and think, but it's not perfect. It's not this. I can't post it on Instagram. Oh God, help us all. But have you done it a lot? No. I did it like once. Okay. So let's do it 20 times and then talk to me. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, practice, practice. Yeah. Well, another thing you could add to your list is you help people build up their creative self-esteem. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And just keep going. Always keep going. I don't believe in never give up because then you're reading give up all the time. I like always keep going. Oh, that's oh, I like that better. Always keep going. Okay, so we talked about a lot of things today. Let's pick one of the things we talked about that you're going to try to just focus on. Maybe it it will be like figuring out, could I even be more part time at my job and then focus more of the energy on this? And then what would be another thing? you can start putting some energy in that you feel like would take you closer to your creative goals. I have to say the one thing that I really loved what we were talking about was doing the corporate, like seeing if there was something I could do corporate locally. And, you know, I do love teaching online. It's one of my favorite things to have the energy block of my computer as opposed to in person, but I'm surrounded by that. I haven't tried tapping into that. So I think I would like to try and tap into that. Okay. Well, you lit up the most when that came up. So I, I agree. I'm two thumbs up okay. <laughs> encouraging <laughs> you for that. Do that okay. and then keep us updated on how that's going, how we can support you. The creative community wants to rally around you and what you're doing mm-hmm. and any workshops. You know, I'm so excited by who you are, what you do, your talent. And I can't wait to see how this, you know, little shift in messaging and intention resonates for you and the world. Me too. I'm excited. Thank you. It's good to always talk it out. Like I think I learn a lot by talking with someone, having conversation and just having someone reflect back what they're hearing from you is just, is literally invaluable. So it really is. Cause again, as we stated earlier, sometimes we don't know what we say. (laughs) No, we don't. (laughs) Uh, you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and allowing me to hear some of your story. And I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you. Thanks so much, Lauren. Thank you for listening. And thanks to Consi for coming on and sharing her story and letting me coach her. For more info on Consi, follow her at Consi underscore atop serenity hill and visit her website atop serenityhill.com i honestly love doing these coaching sessions it's so fulfilling for me and i think that you really love them too because sometimes they're the most listened to episodes so i'm planning on doing much more of these in the future if you're interested in doing a one-on-one creative coaching session with me reach out and dm me at lauren lagrasso or at unleash your inner creative you can also email me on either of those platforms and we'll get you set up to do a session just like this on the show 
Thank you to Rachel Fulton for helping edit this episode of Unleashed. You can follow her at Rach E. Fulton. Thanks to Liz Full for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you like what you heard today, remember to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Share the show with a friend and post about it on social media. Tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Also tag Consi at Consi underscore atop Serenity Hill so she can share as well. My wish for you this week is that you reflect on what in your life has been your greatest joy and also what has been your greatest pain or suffering. Your deepest creative work usually lies at the intersection of those two answers. I love you and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.